0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Monday, and I hope that you're having a great morning here in Georgia, practicing social distancing and making sure that you are taking precautionary measures as this state is starting to open up with more restaurants opening and movie theaters today. But we want to talk about the NFL Draft. What a success story for the NFL as they had their virtual draft over the weekend. And one thing that I noticed about that, I did cover the first round on Friday, but rounds two through seven, Did not surprise anybody. You know, some locals, DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia, was taken by the Detroit Lions, which could use a running back. And Jake Fromm, the quarterback, also selected by the Buffalo Bills, which, shockingly, he fell all the way to the fifth round, which it makes you wonder if he should have just stayed in school. Not sure what the scouts are seeing in him. I mean, he's got great leadership. He's got great footwork. He just couldn't get receivers open in his last year. But he's got success, led Georgia to the national championship game. That's a little questionable there that that he fell all the way to the fifth round. Just recapping the second round a little bit. Locally here, the Atlanta Falcons select defensive tackle Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. And he's going to try to line up side with Grady Jarrett. You know, getting Dante Fowler and, and hopefully Tack McKinley will have a bounce back year. The Atlanta Falcons are trying to improve their defense with getting Keon O'Neill back from injury. Deion Jones is gonna to have to anchor the linebacking core after losing Devondre Campbell to free agency. And they also lost Desmond Trufant, and they picked up AJ Terrell in the first round. In the third round, the Atlanta Falcons selected center Matt Hennessy out of Temple. Hopefully, he can be the future center once Alex Mack retires. You know, Alex Mack's not going anywhere anytime soon, but it's good to have a backup center just in case, you know, get him into the system and if Alex Mack decides to hang it up then he is right there that can step in to that starting center role and of course they picked up Michael Walker the linebacker out of Fresno State in the fourth round so the Falcons heavily going on defense which it makes sense because you know they've struggled over the past couple years and they've dealt with injuries the Falcons need to get depth on their defensive line and depth in their secondary and linebacking core if they want to compete. With the New Orleans Saints. And of course, now Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in their division. That is going to be one tough division. Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, selected all defensive players. Looks like his system might be just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey and we'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. They have, you know, Greg Olson did, did retire, but and they also lost Luke Kuechly. So we'll see how it's going to be for the Carolina Panthers. Notable picks that the the San Francisco 49ers, after taking Javon Kinlaw and uh, Brandon Ayuk, they did not have another pick until the fifth round. And they had some trades on draft day as they traded away Marquise Goodwin to the Philadelphia Eagles for a pick. And they also traded away running back Matt Burita to the Dolphins for the fifth round pick. And with that fifth round pick, they did take Colton McKivitz out of West Virginia, the offensive tackle. The other picks, they've taken tied in Charlie Warner out of Georgia and Juwan Jennings out of Tennessee. There in the seventh round. Of course, the SEC set records once again by having 83 players taken in this NFL Draft. That just tells you that the SEC has the best players. When you look around on the realm of college football, the best coaching is in the Big Ten. The best players is in the SEC. It used to be the best NFL-ready players were in the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is is starting to regress. And, of course, the ACC, a lot of players from Clemson was taken. They, they bring people to the NFL. Some trade notes for the San Francisco 49ers. The Washington Redskins traded away left tackle Trent Williams to the Niners for a pick and then a future pick next year, which means that the 49ers say goodbye to Offensive tackle Joe Staley. Joe Staley retired at the age of 35. He started his career with San Francisco in 2007, and he went to two Super Bowl appearances, which was surprisingly, I've mentioned this before, that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl in 2013, and then they went back in 2020. A seven-year gap with different players. Joe Staley was the one player, and then Garrett Selleck was the George. Yeah, Selleck was the other player for the 49ers that were both. They were both on those Super Bowl teams. Reaching the Super Bowl with completely different players, a completely different coaching staff is impressive. So Joe Staley says goodbye. There are some great tributes. For the the longtime 49er and he is going to be a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Fame left tackle. Hopefully Trent Williams, who is age 31 and he has made the Pro Bowl seven times, hopefully he can come in and fill the bill for a Niners team that is reloading, it seems like. After signing Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead to long-term contracts, yes, they got rid of DeForest Buckner because of that contract and getting Javon Kinlaw in his place, which is going to be a lot cheaper. And then Brandon Ayuk was their top wide receiver on the board. Kyle Shanahan said that they would have taken him number one with their pick, and I thought they were going to take Jerry Judy, but Brandon Ayuk was their top receiver and of course getting Jawan Jennings in the seventh round I mean he might make the team you never know Charlie Werner I mean if he does make the team he'll be a backup to George Kittle I'm I'm just shocked how the Niners they didn't have a whole lot of picks because they traded away their second pick to the Chiefs for D. Ford and they traded away their third and fourth round picks to the Denver Broncos for Emmanuel Sanders it seemed like a waste because Sanders is no longer on the team and D. Ford might be gone in free agency. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. One thing that was interesting was the New England Patriots did not select a quarterback at all in the draft. So what is Bill Belichick going to do? Well, it looks like he is going to go with Jared Stidham as the starter for now. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'd like to see them maybe get Cam Newton, some something in free agency. But here are the quarterbacks that were taken. You had Tua Tagovailoa, You had Justin Herbert. Jordan Love going to Green Bay. They were all in the first round. Jalen Hurts goes in the second round to the Philadelphia Eagles at number two. And what a story Jalen Hurts has had. You know, a successful career at the University of Alabama. He lost his starting job to Tua. He came back in the SEC title game against Georgia a couple years ago to lead them back to victory. And then he goes to Oklahoma and you know he's in the in the running for Heisman and led Oklahoma to the college football playoff. And that got him a job in the NFL. And you know, even though he's gonna back up Carson Wentz, you know, coach Doug Peterson could use him in some Wildcat packages, kinda like how the Saints use Tayson Hill. We'll see how it goes. Interesting, Jacob Eason, who used to play for the University of Georgia, he was their number one recruit. Got picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. Looks like he will probably back up Phillip Rivers until he retires. But is Jacob Eason going to be the future for the Colts? James Morgan, the quarterback out of Florida International, was which was selected over Jake Fromm, uh, got selected by the New York Jets. You got Jake Fromm going to Buffalo. You got Jake Lutton going to the Jaguars, the Oregon State quarterback. And of course, a bunch of seventh round quarterbacks, Cole McDonald, Ben N- Noguchi, Tommy Stevens, Nate Stanley, possibly m- trying to make the team as a third string quarterback. I mean, it doesn't really look all that likely. The running backs, you had Clark, Clyde Edwards or Hilaire going to the Chiefs in the first round. DeAndre Swift going to the Lions in the second round. Jonathan Taylor going to the Colts in the second round. The Indianapolis Colts did a great job with their draft in their picks in in the second and third round, getting Jacob Eason and Jonathan Taylor. Cam Akers going to the Los Angeles Chargers, the talented running back out of Florida State. J.K. Dobbins going to the Ravens. He could possibly get a starting job. A.J. Dillon going to the Packers. You know, If the Packers could use some depth on their running back, he could be the guy. In the third round, Keyshawn Vaughn, the talented running back out of Vanderbilt, going to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady could possibly have a running game. He's going to compete for that running back job and then just going down you know the this was a very highly talented wide receiver core that was selected in this nfl draft with henry ruggs going one to uh, the las vegas raiders and then jerry judy going to the broncos cd lamb going to the cowboys jalen rediger going to the eagles justin jefferson going to the vikings and then brandon ayuk going to the 49ers and in the second round t higgins Going to the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow getting another weapon to go alongside with A.J. Green. Is it possible that T. Higgins could be the number two receiver that lines right up against A.J. Green? And, you know, they also have Tyler Eifert, Joe Mixon as their running back. The Bengals do have some weapons. Surprisingly, I think this is going to be a big shock is Chase Claypool, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame, getting selected by the Steelers. I think that Chase Claypool could make a difference as a slot receiver for Ben Roethlisberger. As the Steelers try to move on from Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster is their number one receiver. They also have Nate Washington. Chase Claypool can be that slot receiver, third string wide receiver that kind of lines up like Julian Edelman or Wes Welker. I think it's going to be great that he can maybe get into the system and you know, the Steelers have success of drafting wide receivers. I'm going to shift gears and talk about The Last Dance. Episodes 3 and 4 aired last night. This is just must-see TV. I am excited every time I watch an episode. And these two episodes focus more on Dennis Rodman and Coach Phil Jackson. Uh, episodes 1 and 2 focused on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You know, you go into the depth of these players and coaches and you you feel the real story. And, you know, I knew about Dennis Rodman. I I was a fan, you know, just one of the best defenders, on-ball defenders of all time. Played for the Bad Boys Pistons, so you have kind of a backstory of how the, the Bulls trying to get over the hump, trying to beat the Detroit Pistons, and they finally did in 91, but they they lost uh, two separate times where the Pistons just mauled Michael Jordan. You know, Dennis Rodman was part of the ba- Bad Boys team, which is another 30 for 30, which is a really good one. And the Chicago Bulls, you know, they, they took a chance and got Dennis Rodman. And, you know, the rest is history. 96, 97, 98, the Chicago Bulls have another three-peat. And that was one of those foundations that the Bulls had to have because they were reorganizing their team after that first three-peat when they had B.J. Armstrong and Horace Grant and Bill Cartwright on that team. And then, of course, when Jordan left the game and then came back in 95, they just weren't as deep because Horace Grant left for free agency. But then... The Chicago Bulls, you know, set a record with seventy-two wins and winning the title in ninety-six. So it's getting up to the point. They start out talking about the ninety-eight season, you know, because the camera crew is with them the entire time, and then they flash back into how they built up to get Dennis Rodman, and then episode four it flashbacks on on the the coaching career of Phil Jackson and how he became the head coach of the Chicago Bulls and how he implemented the triangle offense. I really feel bad for Doug Collins. As you know, he got the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals where they lost to the Detroit Pistons in seven games in 1990, and Doug Collins was fired. And Doug Collins was a good coach, but he centered the offense around Michael Jordan. When Phil Jackson implemented the triangle offense, Jordan wasn't scoring as much. I mean, he was still scoring above 30, but he wasn't winning scoring titles. He was more, it was more team oriented, team eccentric. It 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 really dealt with passing the ball. And Scottie Pittman became a better passer. He became a point forward. Of course, BJ Armstrong was was a talented point guard, John Paxton off the bench, and then later Steve Kerr off the bench. It's just exciting. I cannot wait for episodes five and six. They showed a preview of it, and then they're going to talk about the Dream Team. And that is going to be great. Just the NBA was so great in the 90s. Uh, I just was watching it as a kid. I mean, I was a Michael Jordan fan. I'm not going to say I was a Bulls fan, because I was a Warriors fan growing up. And then in, in high school, we liked Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan played on the Bulls. The Bulls weren't a hated team, even here in Georgia. I mean, I didn't live in Georgia at the time. If you're an Atlanta Hawks fan and you grew up rooting for Dominique Wilkins and then those great teams in the 80s and then those, the great teams in the 90s. Great teams in the 80s had Doc Rivers, Dominique Wilkins, and then they had Dominique Wilkins and then later transitioned to Christian Leitner, Dikembe Mutombo, Bookie Blaylock, Steve Smith. Those were great teams too. you got to give props to you know, the Bulls for so putting it for the Hawks you look back and if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan yeah it's frustrating that your team could not get over the hump, Dominique Wilkins could not get a ring, but the, the Atlanta Hawks were very competitive with the Bulls. They played them in a the playoff game in 97 and had a 2-1 lead on Chicago. And you know still to this day, you know the most watched basketball game, game in Atlanta history when they transitioned, they were playing their games in the Georgia Dome. And they drew 60,000 fans when Michael Jordan came to town. And that was exciting. When they went from the Omni to Phillips Arena, they had to stay in the Georgia Dome for a couple years before Phillips Arena was being built. Now State Farm Arena, of course. But basketball was great in the 90s. I was a fan of the Hornets with Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson. I was a fan of the Magic with Shaq and Penny. I was a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks with Glenn Robinson, Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, Vint Baker. Some great teams. Of course, my childhood team, the Golden State Warriors with Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Run TMC. Of course, Mitch Richmond was traded for Billy Owens, Sharunas Marshallonis, And of course, when they had Sprewell and Weber, it, it, it was so great. And of course, you know, about a, you know an hour up the road north, the Sacramento Kings. I lived in the Bay Area. I knew about the Sacramento Kings. They were a new team. I became a fan when I moved to Sacramento in 97 and The Greatest Show on Court with Lottie Divac, Paige Stojakovic, Chris Weber, you know, Jason Williams, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby, late later traded just some great teams. So I can't wait. Episodes five and six, and we got NBA practice starting May the 1st. Is it possible that we could see the return of sports in a couple of months? I can't wait. If that happens, I'll probably get on and do a show every day. I'm still patiently waiting for a callback from 95.7 ESPN Radio in Columbus. I will be ready to go when they decide to get back on air. So I'm still just waiting to see if I got a job there. So hopefully it all works out. I want to thank everybody that listened to my podcast or liked my Facebook page, Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It's very easy to find on the Facebook platform. Make sure that you download my podcast. You can always listen to it later. I always go back and do the editing. And don't forget, if you want to feel nostalgic, just go through the archives. And I'm slowly putting up new podcasts from 2009, 2010. Just that era when I was doing podcasts every day. And then, of course, I slowed down a couple years later. But it is just great times. I hope that you're all sheltering in place if you have to, practicing social distancing. And just enjoying time with your family because it's very important during this COVID-19 epidemic. All right, hope everybody has a great day and drive safe if you're out there. And I will talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by JD Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.